We are going to be in Galatians tonight, Galatians chapter 2. That's in the New Testament, right after 1st and 2nd Corinthians. Hopefully by the time we get through, if you don't know where it's at now, hopefully in the next few weeks you'll be figured out where to find Galatians chapter 2. The first 10 verses we're going to pick up right where we left off last week. While everybody's turning, I will uh, give everybody a reminder about cottage prayer meetings. Those will start the week before revival. And if you wanted to host one of those, you better act fast because there's only one day left. The Friday before is the only day that's left to host a cottage prayer meeting. All the other nights are taken. So if you want to take one of those, then better write it on the list before you leave tonight. And if not, no worries, but just wanted to make everybody aware of that. Galatians chapter 2, verses 1 through 10. I'll pray and then we'll get started. God, I come to you tonight and I thank you for uh, this privilege to speak your word. And God, I pray that you would help my mind and that you would help each mind in this place to be uh, focused on you, that we would get something from your word tonight, dear Lord. And I pray that your Holy Spirit would be uh, poured out in this place, that uh, you would tug on our hearts, that you would lead us, God, that you would convict us to uh, seek you, to repent of any sinfulness that may be in, in our life, dear Lord, that we would um, take advantage of any opportunity that you may have placed in our path, God, and that we'll do as you lead us to do. And God, I pray that you would just uh, bless this reading tonight. We thank you that we can come uh, in the middle of the week and just kind of get recharged and look at your word. And so I pray, God, that you would hide me behind the cross, dear Lord, that you would... Uh, just do a mighty work in this place tonight. In Jesus' name I ask it. Amen. Last week we left off with Paul kind of giving his testimony. He was telling the people where he had been. Uh, he had a reputation because he was persecuting Christians. And so uh, people knew that reputation, but he was saying, Look, Jesus appeared to me. My life was changed when I met Jesus. I was transformed into a new guy, and I am preaching the gospel. That's just a, a, just a quick little version of what we looked at in the verses last week. And now we're getting back into kind of some hot and heavy stuff, you could say. Uh, the first week when we started, we looked at kind of some tough stuff where Paul was uh, kind of giving us an idea of what was going on and telling the Galatians, look, here's what's going on. You are being deceived by some who are teaching falsely, and Paul is trying to set the record straight. And that's what he's going to be doing in these verses we're going to look at tonight. He's trying to set the record straight on some problems that are being caused there. Now, we're not going to dig into this in depth because this is a pretty uh, deep topic. And uh, we're just going to kind of go over it quickly. But there's a lot to be said about what's going on here. But again, we won't go over it. If you want to read more about what's going on here, you can find that in Acts chapter 15. You can read a couple verses there. And that will kind of tell you exactly what was taking place here. But we're just going to look at a couple things tonight in Galatians chapter 2. Then, after 14 years... I went up again to Jerusalem with Barnabas, taking Titus along also. I went up according to a revelation and presented to them the gospel I preach among the Gentiles, but privately to those recognized as leaders, so that I might not be running or have run the race in vain. But not even Titus, who was with me, though he was a Greek, was compelled to be circumcised. This issue arose because a false brother smuggled in who came in secretly to spy on the freedom that we have 
in Christ Jesus in order to enslave us. Alright, so kind of out of context, not really knowing what's going on, let me kind of set the scene of what the problem was here. Now, back in this time, you had a couple of different groups that we see pretty uh, often in the Bible. You had the Jews, and that was uh, God's people. Jesus himself was a Jew. And there were many Jews who rejected Jesus, but there were also many Jews who believed that he was the Messiah and who followed him. And Jesus came to bring the good news to the Jews, but also to the Gentiles. That was everybody who wasn't a Jew. That would be you guys and me. We're, we're, we would be Gentiles. And so the gospel was not just for the Jewish people, not just for God's chosen people, but it was for everybody. And that was a problem because there was a clash there. These two groups didn't get along. Now, we, we can look around in our world today, and we are very familiar with what that looks like. We see racism, and have seen that in this country and in this world for many, many years. This is not a new thing. Uh, we see that back in the 60s with segregation, and everything was supposed to be separate but, but equal. And we clearly see that there was two separate groups. The, the whites of that time didn't want anything to do with the blacks, so the whites had their side, and the blacks had their side. And things weren't equal, although it was supposed to be, and through a lot of things that took place, we saw that get better, but there is still a tension there between blacks and whites, and that tension exists all over the world. It's not just a black and white thing, but there are always, uh, anywhere you go, you, you, you can find one group that is not going to get along with another group and think of them as lesser. And that was the case with the Gentiles. They were the, they were the lowlifes, they were the scums, and now, lo and behold, even the Gentiles could become a Christian. Well, the Jews, they had followed the law of Moses. They had followed all the rules, so to speak. They had kept those traditions, and they did everything by the book, most of them. But the Gentiles, they, they didn't have that law. They didn't follow that law. And so what was taking place here is there were some false teachers who were trying to say, look, the Gentiles need to be circumcised. That this is a physical thing, and you can't be saved if you're not circumcised. And what Paul was arguing and what Paul was setting the record straight here was is that it's not some physical act that sets you apart for God. It's not some physical act that saves you. It is what Jesus Christ did on the cross. And so Paul is saying, look, the gospel is the same for the Jew and for the Gentile. Now again, go back and read Acts chapter 15 if you get the time. And it talks about Paul just like we see in these verses where he went back to Jerusalem and he talked to the leaders. He talked to those who were in charge so that everybody could get on the same page. And Peter was there and some of the other apostles were there. And they agreed at that point that, look, this is not necessary. And they were all kind of on the same page, but they also agreed at that point that Peter was going to kind of focus on the Jews and that Paul was going to focus on the Gentiles. And so with that background, it kind of helps us understand exactly what's taking place here. And in the text we just looked at, you have Titus, who is a Gentile, who had not been circumcised. And Paul's saying, it's not really a big deal, but there were some who were trying to make it a big deal. There were some who were placing a burden on those who were Christians who had not been circumcised, saying, hey, you need to do this, you need to do that, you need to do this, that, or the other. But Paul said, look, we know what our freedom is in Christ, and there are people that are trying to enslave us to things that God does not command. Now, we need to be careful of the same thing in our church today. Now, we don't really see circumcision as being a big issue, but do we ever find ourselves as Christians 
placing too much burden on other Christians. Maybe we do it to ourselves and we don't realize. Maybe we have been deceived and we have been fooled into thinking that there is something that we need to do that is going to gain us a better standing with God, but it is Jesus that gains us our better standing with God. And so we don't want to fall into that lie. It's not that we are not to follow God's commands as the Jews were doing. There's nothing wrong in following God's commands. But when they become a burden and we begin to think that that is what we have to do to be on God's good side, so to speak, then we're denying what Jesus did on the cross. We're saying what Jesus did on the cross was not good enough. And so Paul was trying to set the record straight here. And we need to make sure that, one, we're not trying to be justified through our actions and our good works. While we're supposed to do good works, it is Jesus who justifies us through what he did on the cross. And so what we see here is that Paul is setting the record straight. He's trying to get all everything cleared out and so that the people know what's what and what's important. But we did not give up and submit to these people for even an hour so that the truth of the gospel would be preserved for you. So Paul said, look, we didn't even give in to them for, for an hour. We didn't give in to what they said. He was preaching truth. Whether everybody agreed with it or not or whether the people wanted to hear it or not, he was preaching truth. And we're going to see next week how that affected Paul and Peter, how they kind of had a clash over what was going on. But Paul said, look, we're not going to give in to this because this is not what God commanded. Now, from those recognized as important, what they really were makes no difference to me. God does not show favoritism. They added nothing to me. On the contrary, they saw that I had been entrusted with the gospel for the uncircumcised, just as Peter was for the circumcised. Since the one at work in Peter for the apostleship to the circumcised was also at work in me for the Gentiles. So this is, a, this is a good verse for us to look at. In this verse, we clearly see that God called Paul and Peter to two separate groups, to two separate uh, different kinds of people. The Jews and the Gentiles were as far apart as you could be. They were totally an opposite people. And while they may have had different traditions and different rituals, the gospel that was being preached to all of them was the same. That didn't change. And while Peter may have, have, may have had more of a, a Jewish upbringing, and, and Paul did too, but they were focusing on different groups, and God had blessed them with different gifts and different ways to reach those different groups. And the same is true for us today. Not every Christian church looks the same. There are some Christian churches that do things one way. There are some Christian churches that do things one way. There are some Christian pastors that preach one way and some Christian pastors that preach another way. But at the center of that, the gospel does not change. The gospel cannot change because the gospel is what the Bible says it is, and that doesn't change. And that's the point that Paul was trying to make. Look, we may have a difference of, of who we minister to and maybe how we minister based on kind of the background of what these people came from, but what does not change is what Jesus Christ did on the cross. And as churches uh, progress throughout the years and as our cultures change, then so our churches change. There are things that churches do as time progresses and things change that are different than what churches did 500 years ago, 400 years ago, 50 years ago. It's not that 
the message that we preach is changing. So the message that we preach never changes. It's always Christ and Christ crucified. But sometimes our methods have to change. And there are many churches who have died throughout the years because they refuse to change the method in which they reach people. And that's what Paul was doing here. He realized that the Gentiles were going to have to be reached in a different way than the Jews. And the Jews were going to have to be dealt with in a different way because they were used to following the law. And Peter had to kind of teach them, look, don't get consumed by the law, but put your faith in Jesus Christ. And so there was two different and distinct groups, but they were all for the same purpose, and that was to preach Jesus. When James, Cephas, and John, recognized as pillars, acknowledged the grace that had been given to me, they gave the right hand of fellowship to me and Barnabas, agreeing that we should go to the Gentiles and they to the circumcised. They asked only that we would remember the poor, which I made every effort to do. Isn't that pretty cool there? They kind of they throw that in. That shows the importance. And you don't see that just in the New Testament. You see that in the Old Testament too. That God desperately desires for His people to take care of those who can't take care of themselves. We see that through the Old Testament. We see that through the New Testament. And that seems kind of just totally unrelated to anything that we see talking about here. But even in the midst, as they were going in their separate directions, they say, hey, don't forget that we're all going to make sure that we help the poor, whether, whether Jew or Gentile or whoever it may be. And we need to have that same attitude. We want to make sure that we are not of the group that judges another group, whoever that group may be, and say, well, they're, they're, they're lower class than us. Because we're all equal in God's eyes. Jesus Christ, uh, Jesus Christ died on the cross for each and every one of us. It doesn't matter where we're from, what the color of our skin is. Jesus died for all of us. And praise the Lord that somebody has told us the gospel of Jesus Christ. And that we have heard that. And God gives us the gifts and abilities to go reach other people for Jesus Christ. And there are some people that you guys can reach for Christ that I probably can't. And there are some people that I can reach for Christ and you can't. But what is cool about God is He brings all of us together to do His work. And that's exactly what we see happening in this text tonight. So let us be about God's work. And even though uh, there may be some people that, that are different than us, what holds us together, even if we're not all exactly alike, is Jesus Christ. And that's what it's all about. Let's pray. God, we come to you tonight we thank you for this good word. We thank you that we can uh, see the, the stories and the experiences of your, your people in the past, God, and how you called them, how you used them, and how you worked through them, God. And I pray that you would help us to uh, understand what our gift is. Maybe there are some in this room and they don't really know how they can be used, God. I pray that uh, through time that you would help them to see areas that uh, you can use them, dear Lord, how you have gifted them to uh, do your work. And God, I pray that you would help us to all work side by side, knowing that we each have a different mission and different job, a different calling, dear Lord, and that we don't forget that it is all for you and that it is all for Jesus Christ, and that is what we preach and that is what we teach, and that is why we go out, dear Lord, to reach this lost and dying world. And I ask these things in Jesus' name I pray. Amen.